You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you talking TCU athletics. Appreciate you joining me. It is Tuesday and it's the first of the month, December 1st. We are inching closer to, uh, I guess, does the holiday season kick off with Thanksgiving or does it kick off with Christmas? Uh, I don't really know. But either way, we're closing in on Christmas. Um, the countdown is there now as we have reached the month of December. And a lot of TCU sports going on right now. Obviously, TCU football coming off the big win over Kansas on Saturday. They took on Oklahoma State. That's going to be an 11 a.m. kick. But today, we're not going to focus a lot on football. Um, in our first segment, we're going to talk some basketball because TCU men's and women's basketball played over the weekend and even back into the end of last week. So we'll discuss their first few games and what we've seen from them. And then in segment two, I'll actually have an interview I did with Candace Cooper, who hosts uh, Locked On College Football. There's a national college football podcast on the Locked On Network, Locked On College Football, and she had me on to discuss TCU football. So I just thought it was interesting, sort of the questions she asked me, her perspective um, watching the team and what she wanted to know about. And then in segment three, we'll do our weekly Pro Frogs report where we break down how uh, some TCU guys did in the NFL. But first, I wanted to talk to you about TCU men's and women's basketball. And we'll start with the men. Um, they win the Hall of Fame Classic Tournament in Vegas over the weekend. They're 3-0. and They defeated Liberty 56-52 to and had to hold on for dear life against the Flames in this one. Had you know a four-point lead, a six-point lead. Had about a four-point lead with under a minute to go. And just had some bad possessions down the stretch. Actually turned the ball over, um, and Liberty scored to cut it to a two-point game and then missed two free throws, and Liberty had a chance to go down and score to either tie or win the game. But they stepped up and played good defense, got a stop, and then R.J. Nimhard was able to hit two free throws um, with .9 seconds left to ice the ball game. But they hold on and win. Uh, Liberty won over 30 games last year, so I know it's a mid-major, but they're a pretty solid team. They lost some experience off that group. It's still a, a solid victory. You know, here's the thing that stood out to me for TCU basketball over the first three games. Um, they have played really well defensively. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing that jumps off the page. They played Houston Baptist, Tulsa, and Liberty, and they have 45 points to Houston Baptist, 65 points to Tulsa, and 52 points to Liberty. So defensively, they're playing hard and they're playing well. And they shot the ball pretty well uh, against the Hurricanes of Tulsa on Saturday. Um, they were shooting 40% from three, 36% for the night, uh, really worked the ball around the perimeter well and, and got some good shots. Now, they did not shoot the ball well against um, Liberty on Sunday, but they were still able to find a way to win. You know, R.J. Nimhart had a great game against Liberty. He had 12 points. He's back in the lineup. They're going to get Jaden Ledee back. Apparently, he was dealing with some COVID protocol issues, and he'll be back later this week. And Jamie Dixon said they still haven't had a chance to practice. And you see that early on. This offense is pretty stagnant. It, it's kind of jumbled. I mean, they run down the floor. They try to get Kevin Samuel involved uh, in the post. And if it's not there, they just sort of swing the ball around the perimeter. They don't really have guys that can create off the dribble right now. Um, I think Mike Miles, a true freshman, is someone who's shown some of that ability. But he was not as active against Liberty on Sunday. He only had six points. But I really like Miles' game. He's smooth. He can break people down off the bounce. Even in that Liberty game, 
in the Tulsa game where he struggled a little bit more, he was still able to break things down and get to the mid-range and hit jump shots. So I think he's going to be a really good player for them moving forward. Um, Francisco Farabello is playing pretty well at that point guard position. You know, one guy I thought would get more run who hasn't is P.J. Fuller. He only played eight minutes on Sunday. Um, didn't play a lot in that Hall of Fame Classic tournament. So I'm not sure what's going on there. I mean, I know Miles is going to be involved in that guard position. Choco Bannon Jr., Kevin Easley. They got a lot of guys that can play the two and the three. So I don't know if that means PJ's sort of out of the rotation, but he's an explosive player, and I was hoping to see more of him this season. But here's what's going to make this TCU basketball team go. It, it comes down to Kevin Samuel. Like, he's got to play well. He's very active on the boards. He's a great rebounder, uh, a great shot blocker, good defender. He needs to be more active on the offensive side of the ball. Like, he's got to get in the post. He's got to be able to catch the ball deep in the post and make things happen. If they're going to have success in the Big 12, it's going to come down to Kevin Samuel getting points and scoring the basketball well. Um, and, and to me, that's the key. That's the biggest key from watching these first few games is you have to find a way to get the big man the basketball. And they struggled to do that so far. You know, there looks like there's some opportunities there, but you have some guards that are um, afraid to make entry passes, contested entry passes. So they're going to have to find him a way to get in the ball because he's working hard on both ends of the floor. And, I mean, I think he's he's their best player. On the women's side, uh, got a couple victories as well this week. They beat Central Arkansas 65-48, to and they also got a win over Incarnate Word 84-59. to So the name you're going to recognize all season long, and who was a big contributor last year with Lauren Hurd, she had 17 points against Central Arkansas. Um. You know, Yummy Morris is back. Michelle Berry is back. And then they have a, a new player, uh, Germond, who's a, a transfer guard from a JUCO. And she's played a significant role as well. She only had three points uh, in the Central Arkansas game, but had some rebounds, had some assists. She's going to be in the backcourt with, uh, with Lauren Hurd all year long. And watching that Central Arkansas game, they really um, – started pressing them defensively, and that seemed to turn things around. So, again, they're playing good defense. Uh, they're playing pressure defense. It looks like they're going to play 90 feet up and down the floor, which will be fun to watch. So, again, this is a team sort of like the men. You wish they had about a month of, of non-conference games to get under their belt before they got thrown into the fire of the schedule uh, because you have a, a bunch of new faces there were stretches where they struggled against Central Arkansas and Incarnate Word, but in the end, they were able to pull away and and win pretty convincingly. But you don't you don't have a lot of time to figure this out because you play Iowa State and you play them this week, Wednesday, December second. You're playing Iowa State and Bill Finley's teams. They always shoot the three well. They're always very solid. So we'll get a, a good picture of who this women's basketball team is on Wednesday night when they take on Iowa State, and then they get a game against Missouri on Sunday. So a good week to sort of see where they're at as they play some Power 5 teams and and get that going. Men's and women's basketball underway. It's an exciting time, and we'll cover that as closely as we cover football all season long here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Coming up next, I'll let you hear some of my conversation with Candace Cooper from Locked On College Football. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. Before we get into that conversation, though, let's talk about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer that's made to chill. It's the perfect beverage for when you get that chance to relax and unwind. Coors Light understands that you're always on the go. You have work, you have family responsibilities, you have everything going on, and you don't get much alone time. You don't get much me time. But when you do, 
Make sure you grab a cold Coors Light. It's cold lager. It's cold brewed. It's mountain cold refreshment. It's literally the beverage that's made to chill. Uh, it's the one I choose when I want to unwind. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. If you're going to be watching some football later this week, maybe Steelers-Ravens, if that game ever gets played. Right now it's supposed to be played on Wednesday afternoon. Make sure you sit down and grab a cold Coors Light, and you can get it sent straight to your door if you go to get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. You can get the beer sent directly to you straight to your door. Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Back on Locked on Horn Frog, Stephen Simcox here with you, your host, and this is segment two. Um, coming up later this week, we'll do our going around the Big 12 segment that we do every week. We'll do that on Wednesday. And I want to discuss uh, Tom Herman is apparently on the hot seat. Shocker. Texas wants to move on from their head coach. So we'll talk about that. The, the uh, faithful there at UT seem to think Urban Meyer might be interested. We'll break that down. We'll also look at the games that happened over the weekend in the Big 12 title race. And we'll do that on Wednesday along with our typical coverage of TCU football and basketball. But right now, I wanted you to hear my conversation with Candace Cooper. Candace hosts Locked On College Football. It's a national college football podcast, part of the Locked On Network. And she had some questions for me about TCU football. TCU picked up another solid win yesterday, albeit against Kansas. What positives did you take away from the game? Well, uh, you know, they've been able to run the ball really effectively. Um, had 337 yards on the ground. Zach Evans, who is a, a true freshman running back that sort of fell in their lap. His recruitment was really interesting. Um, he was originally signed to go to Georgia, but for whatever reason, that didn't work out. So he came in as a walk-on, and he got um, – he's, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but he was their feature back yesterday. So he had over 100 yards. You saw, you know, the talent that um, he showed in high school and that uh, had been projected for him when he signed. And the defense has been solid. I mean, they, they gave up 23 points. Um, had a couple, Kansas had a couple long passes late in that game that made the score a little more respectable. Um, but a, as usual, you know, they're, they're solid on defense. They're playing well. Um, had a special team touchdown. So one of those games where everybody got involved, uh, they jumped out to a big lead early, did what they are supposed to do. Um, I'm not sure how much you can take from the Kansas game as far as moving forward, but uh, it's a game that you want to win and win big, and they were able to do that yesterday. Absolutely. Now, would you say this is one of the first games where all three phases were firing from all cylinders? I think that's probably fair. Um, you know, they've had similar wins against Tech and Baylor where the defense has played well and set up the offense, uh, but the offense hadn't taken advantage of their opportunities, especially in the red zone. So um, they scored – just about every way you could yesterday had a fumble recovery for a touchdown at pick six. I mentioned the punt return for a touchdown, the offense. Um, it, it, it was very conservative, but it worked. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining about it. They were basically able to do whatever they wanted running the football and they just stuck with that. So yeah, I feel like that's probably their most complete win of the season so far. Absolutely. Now yesterday marked coach Patterson's 250th win at TCU. What has his leadership meant to the program and how do you measure his success in terms of the tough big 12 conference? Well, I mean, when you, when you think of TCU football, you think of Gary Patterson. And I mean, historically, aside from some teams in the thirties with Dutch Meyer that, you know, won a couple national titles, uh, Gary has been the only coach there that's, that's been able to have sustained success. Um, he led them back into a power five conference after 
they were in Conference USA and in the WAC and, and sort of bounced around. Uh, finally ended up in the Mountain West before getting to the Big 12. So he, he's taken the, the program to heights that I, I don't think anyone thought was possible when he took the job 20-plus years ago. And it, it's just really cool. I mean, so many coaches now, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's just part of the business, but they bounce from job to job, especially mm-hmm. – at a school like TCU, which is not your, you know, perennial blue blood where guys stick around and and sort of build something. So just the fact that he really uh, built something from the ground up and has stayed with it and has been loyal um, has made him, you know, a a fan favorite forever. And when you, when you think of the program, you think of him. So it's really, it's hard to overstate how much he's done for, for TCU football. Yeah, no doubt. Now talk to me about Max Duggan. He tied another career high performance in yesterday's win. What improvements have you seen from him in throughout his game this season? Yeah, so Max, um, I mean, I think the first thing that jumps off the page with him is he's uh, a very mobile quarterback. He can really run the football well, and they've used his legs more this season. Um, His passing attempts have gone down as the year's gone on, and I think it's a combination of they're running the football well, and I don't know this for a fact, but it just seems like the fact that they've thrown the ball less over the past five or six weeks, maybe he's a little banged up. He, he took some hits um, behind a, a patchwork offensive line early in the season. Um, but, you know, the thing about Max is he's a competitor. He's a gamer. His accuracy uh, overall, I feel like, has improved. And there's still moments where he'll miss a wide-open guy where you, you just sort of pull your hair out because <laughs> – it's like, man, if you could just sit in the pocket and make that throw, um, this offense could really start to take off. But he he's a he's great with his legs. I think he's growing as a passer. And um, he's just one of those guys that is super competitive and you never feel like you're out of the game when he's back there because he he has a, a knack for making plays. No doubt. Now the Horn Frogs are one and three at home, yet three and one on the road. How much of a factor has crowds been in affected teams like TCU? I feel like upsets are a lot easier when you have those fans behind you. They definitely are. No, I think that's a good point. I mean, you look at games like Oklahoma. I mean, maybe if there's a full crowd in the stands and they get off to a better start, it's a different football game. Um, home field advantage is almost non-existent. Right. With the, even with you know. In the state of Texas, you have some fans in the stands, but TCU keeping it at 25% capacity, that's not a lot of people. So um, it's been sort of disappointing that they haven't been able to win at home, but it's just been such a weird year. Uh, I think folks are just thankful for any kind of football. But, no, you're right. The combination of having some of your tougher opponents, like Iowa State and Oklahoma in Fort Worth, and not having that fan support, has, uh, has has made a big difference. Absolutely. Now, although you may not be getting to the Big 12 championship, what are overall takeaways you have for this team as they finish out this season? Well, I think, you know, if, if you find a way to win that Oklahoma State game and you get to 5-5 five and five, or if you make a bowl game and end up 500, you feel pretty good given everything that's gone on with the pandemic. Um, I, there's a lot of talent there. I think there's things to build on. Um, you know, the biggest thing we've talked about on the podcast is this team's just sort of got to figure out what they want to be offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like three different guys on the coaching staff. So Sonny Cumbie was calling plays last year, and then they brought in Doug Meacham, who was at TCU uh, back in 2014 and 2015 when they were really humming offensively. And they also hired Jerry Kill, who was the head coach at Minnesota for a while. Um, 
And I think it's almost like they have too many cooks in the kitchen on offense <laughs> because they, they'll run, you know, some air raid concepts and some spread concepts, but then they'll get back to just running the football downhill and trying to be really physical. And I mean, that's all well and good, but I think you got to find out what you're good at and stick with it. So to me, that's the biggest key for this team to take the next step is, it, you know, if you want to be like the team that has big offensive linemen and runs the football 30, 40 times a game, then start doing that and start recruiting uh, athletes. I mean, especially like guys in the offensive line that can run that effectively. But if, if you're going to also try to run, you know, the air raid and, and air it out a little bit, pick something and, and stick with it. Because I, I just think the philosophy on offense has been so back and forth that it's made it tough for them to settle into any sort of rhythm. Yeah, consistency is definitely key. Do you think Coach Patterson may not necessarily trust one person to lead the charge, or he's trying to have everybody grow? That's a that's a good question. I feel like it comes down more to he says publicly, you know, Gary's a defensive guy, and in press conferences and in the offseason, he'll say, I don't want anything to do with the offense. Like, I really – want somebody to come in and take control of that. So I don't have to worry about it as much, mm-hmm. but I feel like he still sort of meddles in it um, <laughs> because he wants, he wants to win a certain way. Like he has won for a long time at TCU being a defensive coach, you know, controlling the ball, playing pretty conservatively, trying to keep the other offense off the field. And they got away from that for a little while and it made their offense better, but they were going up tempo and faster and, it made their defense worse. And I think he corrected that and and tried to get in the middle of it. And now they're sort of in this weird in-between space. So that's, that's an interesting point. It might be that he doesn't trust someone to completely take it over. Um, But I think it's more, he just, he says he doesn't want to have anything to do with the offense and how they do things, but he keeps finding himself kind of in the middle of it from a, from a philosophy standpoint. That was uh, my conversation with Candace Cooper. Candace was kind enough to let me hop on the Locked On College Football Podcast, and I appreciate her letting me do that. Coming up next, we'll do our weekly Pro Frogs report. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is this really cool energy solution. It's made by the same folks that give you Built Bars, the most delicious protein bar on the market. It comes in an easy one-and-a-half-ounce package, so you can tote it around and carry it wherever you go. You can put it in your gym bag. You can put it in your briefcase. Um, your work bag, whatever it might be. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And it's an energy gel, but it also has protein in it. It has all natural ingredients, so it's better than, you know, five-hour energy, those other typical things that you're going to find at a convenience store. So if you need to pick me up, if you need um, something to get you over that sort of late afternoon crash, try Built Go Out. And if you visit BuiltGo.com, and use the promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off. Again, the promo code is just LOCKED. You can get 20% off if you go to BuiltGo.com. So if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't really know about this, just give it a shot. It's only, you know, it's not that much. It's 20% off if you use that promo code. So use that promo code and see if this works for you. BuiltGo.com. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs. Steven Simcox here with you. I appreciate you listening to the pod. I'd encourage you to uh, subscribe, and that way you get the pod sent directly to your phone every day. And if you're listening to Locked on Horn Frogs or if you've been listening to Locked on Horn Frogs and you say to yourself, man, I really like this. I'd like to see what else uh, the Locked on Network has to offer. Well, if you're an NFL fan, 
Um, it's Tuesday, and you should tune in to Locked on NFL. Their Tuesday episode features Luke Braun and Ross Jackson. They break down the Monday night football action. And if you're a fantasy football player, they break down the, they break down the top fantasy storylines around the NFL with uh, their fantasy forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a locked-on fantasy expert to help save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. So if you want to win your league, tune in to Locked On NFL on Tuesdays and uh, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the NFL and give you some advice for your fantasy team. And Luke Braun actually uh, does Locked On Vikings. So if you're ever curious how Jeff Gladney did, what his play's been like, how he's doing overall, that's a good podcast to check out as well. It's Tuesday, which means we do our Pro Frogs report. We usually do that in the last segment, but had to get to basketball in the first segment. This is a great time of year. This is fantastic for my pod because uh, there's really no shortage of topics, and with basketball and football going on simultaneously for the next few weeks, there's a lot that, uh, that we can hit on. Before we do that, though, actually, I want to give you guys some news. Uh, TCU football did get a commitment today from a um, Lubbock Estacado wide receiver, uh, which is where Blair Conright is from, funny enough. And let me make sure I get this name right. TJ Steele. TJ Steele, a three-star wide receiver from Lubbock Estacado. Um, and he was originally committed to North Texas, had been committed to North Texas since June, but made the flip to TCU today. Uh, and his first eight games this season, he had over 1,000 yards for scrimmage and 13 offensive touchdowns. Um, while rushing also for 447 yards and seven scores. So did a little bit of everything for Lubbock Estacado and was really impressive in uh, their first playoff game, their bi-district playoff win that they had in the 4A ranks. Um, it's rated as a strong pickup, according to Gabe Brooks from 247 Sports. So Horn Frog Blitz is a good place to go if you want to learn more about um, TJ Steele. But he committed this morning to TCU. So TCU adds another uh, person to that 2021 class, which is good news. Because we talked last week about the lack of, just lack of people they have in this class. Um, so the fact that, you know, they're going to add somebody to it. Um, it's a three-star recruit, so it's not, it's not someone who is just uh, lighting up the recruiting boards, but it's another body in there. And as I said, former teammate, Blair Conright, who stepped in and done a really nice job for TCU so far. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see TJ come in there and do some big things for uh, for TCU football once he gets on the field. But wanted to pass that along. And now we'll get to our uh, our Pro Frogs report. So first guy we'll talk about is Ben Banigou. Uh The Colts lost to the Titans, forty-five to twenty-six. Banigou did not play on Sunday, and I was doing some reading. Apparently, uh, Ben's not performing super well in practice right now and sort of found himself in the doghouse. I hope that hope that he can snap out of that and get back on the football field. But Ben was not active in the Colts' loss to the Titans on Sunday afternoon. Ross Blacklock uh, had two tackles in the Texans' 41-25 to win over the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know, Ross is a guy, his rookie season, he's not lighting up the stat sheet, but – He's out there. He's making some plays. He seems to be steadily getting better as the season goes on. So hope that he continues to grow and plays well. Andy Dalton, after that great performance um, against the Vikings, came back. He was 25-35 for 215 yards and a touchdown 
did throw one pick, and the Cowboys, well, they got bludgeoned by Washington, unfortunately, 41-16. to Now, that game was fairly close, um, you know, even into the fourth quarter, and Washington ended up pulling away. But still, uh, not a bad job by Andy, and he'll get at least a couple more starts as the season goes on. There's a game going on right now, Seattle and Philly, as I'm recording this. So LJ Collier, and it's halftime right now. Seahawks lead 14-6. to LJ Collier had one tackle in the first half, and uh, on the Eagles' side, Jalen Rager, two catches for 11 yards. So those two guys still have another half of action to go, but that's where they were at at halftime as I'm recording this on Monday night, and it'll be posted Tuesday. Uh, Jeff Gladney in Minnesota, the Pan- uh, the Vikings, excuse me, come back and defeat the Panthers 28-27. to They're now 5-6 and six overall. Gladney has six tackles and a tackle for loss. Jeff's been getting really involved with, with tackling, which, I mean, that's great. Um, I, you don't always want your top corner coming in there and making plays behind the line of scrimmage, but he's done a really nice job with that. So happy for Jeff, and he continues to be a starter and get a lot of playing time in his rookie season. Jerry Hughes, uh, the Bills are now 8-3 and three on the season as they get a 27-17 win over the Chargers. Hughes had four tackles, two tackles for loss, and half a sack, so a big game for Jerry. He played well on Sunday. Uh, a couple of guys on the Packers, Vernon Scott and Ty Summers. Packers win 41-25 over the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football. Vernon Scott finished the game with two tackles. Summers did not register the tackle, but the Packers get the win. And Jason Verrett, uh, he had five tackles in the 49ers, 23-20 to win over the Rams, and Jason continues to be one of the best stories in the NFL as he does big things all over the football field. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. Appreciate you joining me. Appreciate you listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk some more football and basketball. We'll also go around the Big 12 Conference and look at some football news and notes. Thank you for listening. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.